He went to the cross. But there's two reasons that Jesus ended up on that cross. And these two reasons are diametrically opposed. They're polar opposites. And those of you that come here often, you know that I, you know, I tend to use a lot of humor. This, this probably would be no humor in here, and it would be relatively short this morning. But number one, the sin of man sent Jesus to the cross. Today we try to escape even the thought process that something might be sin. But I want to take just a brief look at what God thinks about sin. You see, God takes sin very seriously. Man brought sin into the world and God's answer for sin was death. Man brought the sin into the world, but but God's answer to that sin that was brought into this world was death. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So it's nobody that's exempt from this sin, which means there's nobody that is exempt from this death. Death came into the world because of sin. Death exists because of sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages, sin came because of man. Sin exists because man brought sin into the world. Death comes because God said that is the payment for sin. So obviously God takes sin very seriously, but especially so. Now listen to me, please. This is what we don't grasp. God takes sin very seriously because because of that sin, we owe it death. But God takes it so seriously because, especially so, when we realize that the greatest death that sin brought into this world was the death of Jesus Christ. Sin and death are inseparable. When we realize that our sin will send us to an eternal hell, we're on the verge of salvation. When we finally realize, and that's why so many, I believe, struggle, uh, and especially in the South, we struggle with even getting saved because somehow we struggle with the admission that we're sinners. When we realize that our sin has already sent Christ to the cross, we are but a decision away from heaven. When we realize that our sin sent Jesus to the cross we just looked at. But do we truly realize that every stroke of the whip on his back, every pounding of the nail and nails into his hand and feet should ring in our ears what sin means in the heart of God. Sin was so serious in the heart of God that he not only sent his son to die, but he sent his son to die an incredibly excruciating, painful death. When Jesus was beaten beyond recognition, when his blood poured forth of his body, when they drove the, the, the crown of thorns into his brow, when they pounded the nails into his flesh, every moment leading to his death demonstrated how seriously God takes sin. That's why he says, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. 
But the most important death, I have to say, that it brought was the death of Jesus Christ. I want to have just a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you bless. Dear God, I ask you, please, for the next few moments that you would work in this church. Spirit of God, in a very feeble and human way, we've tried to bring honor to you as we've spent weeks, maybe even some months, that I prayed that you would bless today. Father, it's all in your hands, so whatever you do, you're still a mighty good God. And Lord, if this is not the day that that the 200 would be here. Lord, I understand that because you're God. And, and Lord, you've even shown us that one more time and, and, and our inability to, to, to perform tasks today, to, to make things happen. Lord, we're just feeble human beings that need you. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your patience. We need your love. We need your forgiveness. So, Father, I ask you, please, that you might touch hearts today. And, Spirit of God, I ask you that you would flow through this room. And, and God, that you would, in the name of Jesus, that you would bind every spirit that would try to snatch away the truth of the Word of God today. Please bless us in these few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. God set death in motion for sin. God set the evaluation of the cost of sin. He pronounced death as the only payment for sin. You know, remorse will not do. Being sorry for your sin is not enough. Starting over will not work. Changing your life or turning over a new leaf does not negate the payment that must be paid. The payment that was set by God. The payment is not negotiable. The payment cannot be made in installments. The payment cannot be reduced. Sin does not go on sale. There are no discounts. Death must be paid in full. Now, this sounds very harsh, and, and honestly, again, to those that are kind of regulars in the church here, you know that, that this is not my normal procedure, so to speak. I try to preach the Word of God. I try to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. I try to teach our people and help our people and present the truth the best that I possibly can uh, straight from the, from the Bible. But I, I also just follow God's leading in the direction that He directs me in. This is the direction that he took me. And it sounds so harsh, for we are all under sin. Remember, we read this at the very first, Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We, we are all standing this harsh judgment of sin. Sin is in our genes. Sin is in our bloodline. It's in our DNA. We all were born the moment we were conceived. We were conceived in sin. That's hard to, to fathom, and it? it's hard to accept, isn't it? 
It's hard to grasp that the moment that we were conceived, not our first breath, the moment we were conceived, we, we were, from that moment, we had a destiny where death must be paid. And it seems so harsh, so futile, but when, what hope do we have if we are destined to sin the moment we're conceived? This is where the second reason for Christ going to the cross comes into play. This, this is what is so important. Yes, we have no hope in ourselves. It's what I've been trying to, for the uh, year and a half plus that I've been here, trying to get across to so many uh, people in this community. Uh, it, it is not, it's not in my power to make this better. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death, and we are all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's a tough thing, isn't it? But here's the second reason Christ Christ went to the cross because of the love of God. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We have salvation available to us for one reason. Because God's love placed Jesus on the cross in our place. God sent his son. In reality, God himself came in the flesh of man. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it, not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Do you understand that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is really God incarnate, God in the flesh, and God placed himself on a cross. Allowed himself to be beaten beyond recognition. Allowed himself, as you saw, his bones to be pulled out of joint. He allowed himself to have his body ripped apart and his body nailed to a cross and his blood to pour out. Why? For us. Because of the love of God. God's love came in the form of a man who came to die to fulfill the inevitable payment that must be paid for our sin. Every man, woman, and child in here today is under the curse of sin. Because of that sin, a death must be paid. But listen, in 1 John 3, 16, it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. When we see the, Jesus on that cross, when we see that gory exhibition, and, and even what they showed there does really not depict what happened to Jesus. They couldn't do it in a video like that. His body was so torn. His body was so ripped apart by that cat of nine tails. He was so bruised and beaten. The scripture says you could not recognize him as a man. God loves us so much that he's willing to take on the flesh of man, suffer as a man, and die as a man for us. 
Do you understand what that means? Do you understand that that means that you have a hope of heaven because Jesus loves you and because God loves you so much, he sent his son to die for you? Two great absolutes put Jesus on the cross. Sin that must bring forth death. And the love of God that was willing to pay that death. Two great absolutes. We are sinners. Before I got saved in November the 8th, 1975, in my dorm room there at Memphis State, before I got saved, I spent night after night for so many weeks in torment. And one of the things that I would cry out sometimes as I would try to sleep was why did I have to be born if I have to die? And the truth it was is that the torment that I was facing was just over a physical death. Some people I knew at college had died. And I suddenly realized at 19, 20 years old that I could die. And all of a sudden, I was looking at it and, and realizing that I wasn't invincible, that it wasn't a guarantee that I had another day. And it was tormenting my mind of why did I have to be born if I have to die? And I had no conception of an eternal hell, an eternal death. You know, it's an eternal death because you don't ever die. You just keep dying. The love of God. I was going to have him play and sing, but I won't. There's a song that says, The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made with every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole those stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. The love of God was so incomprehensible to this writer that he said if you had the heat and you had the whole sky as a parchment, you could not write the love of God. My life was changed as a preacher when I picked up a book by D.L. Moody one time and I was reading through it and I read just a simple statement. It said that he had seen more people saved in his preaching while preaching the love of God than he had while preaching on hell. 
And as a young preacher, I thought, you know, you got to get people to understand that you're going to die without Christ and go to a burning hell. But then I realized, and I went that night, I went to preach to, to some sailor boys, and, and, and I had 26 first-time sailors. By that meant they'd never been with us before. And I preached on the love of God, the love of God that nailed Jesus to the cross, the love of God that let him stand there and allowed himself to be beaten when he could have called 12 legions of angels, the love love of God that constrained him. The love of God that set his face like a flint to the cross. And he did that for us because he loved us so much. And that night, God honored it so much. 26 young sailor boys raised their hand to trust Christ as their Savior. And one of the college students that I worked with, he raised his hand wanted to get saved too. And from that day forth, I said, Lord, it's the love of God. Yes, sin nailed Jesus to the cross, but do you understand this? Those men and the ropes didn't hold Jesus there. The love of God did. That's why Jesus said in the garden, Father, if it be possible, let this pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Because the love of God said to Jesus, go to the cross for us. Do you understand no matter where you are in life or how much you've failed in life or how much you've messed up in life, do you understand the love of God still came for you? God loves you. And as much as 2,000 years ago, those nail-scarred hands still reach out, but they don't reach out nailed to a cross anymore. They reach out with arms of love saying, come home. Say, Brother Hooker, why are you saying this this morning? Well, there may be one person in here that has not trusted Christ as their Savior. But I'm going to just warn you, and I'm going to just say this point blank. I have no doubt there's some in here that Somehow you've not recognized before today the seriousness of sin. You may have said, Jesus, save me. But you have never really acknowledged that even the smallest of our sin, the smallest of your sin, the smallest of my sin, Nailed Jesus to a cross. The smallest of our sin made God decide that there's only way that one way that that can be paid for. It, listen, when sin came into the world, it was for one simple violation. 
They partook, they ate something they were not supposed to eat. They disobeyed God. Today, in 2017, we're at the point where we think there's only just a little handful of things that are so evil and so wicked that God might be bothered by them. But that's not the case. It's the most simple disobedience to God brings the same penalty. What penalty? You say, oh, it's death. Oh, so much more than that. It put Jesus on the cross. That was God's answer to the sin of man. Simple disobedience. He said, my son will have to die. What a loving God. You and I can never pay for our sin without a death. Eternal death. For we have sinned and our tainted blood must spend eternity paying for that which tainted perfection. But we have another choice provided by the love of God, sinless, perfect blood that was shed for us in death. He paid the price once. And it was once and for all that the debt was paid. But as any gift, it must be accepted. It's been bought and paid for, but it only belonged to those who personally accept the payment. Understanding truly understanding there is no hope in us. Before I ever started to breathe, I had no hope of living good enough. I can never make up. I can never turn over a new leaf. I can never be good enough. Because from the moment I was conceived, I was a sinner. And that sin demanded by God a death. Father, I pray that you bless this morning, Lord Jesus. Been somewhat of a hard, straightforward message. Lord, sin is a horrible thing. Lord, sin is a terrible thing when we think it will send man to hell forever to eternally die. Father, when we realize that sin caused Jesus to die, not his sin, but our sin. And Father, when we realize how much you loved us, that you died for us, that you came in the flesh of man to suffer as a man, to bleed, to die, to be buried, to rise again, Sweet Jesus, please bless us. Lord, let this place, this church be a place as it started 40 years ago to tell people of this community about salvation. Lord, I pray that, that I've done honor to you and to your name today. I'd like to ask this morning, if you say, Brother Hooker, I know 100% sure that if I die to go to heaven, I've trusted Christ. I know it's not in me. I know that I... 
fall short as a sinner. And I know my only hope is Jesus Christ. And I've trusted him as my Savior, accepted his gift of eternal life. And I know my own way. I know I'm on my way to heaven now. If that's you, would you very quietly, but, but would you do this for me? Would you raise your hand for me and say, that's me. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Then you can put your hands down. If you're here this morning, you'd be honest with us this morning. You say, Brother Hooker, maybe I, maybe I don't even know you very well, but, I, but I, I don't know for sure if I die to go to heaven. I think so. I hope so. I believe so. But I'm not sure that if I died right now, I don't know where I would go. I don't know that I would go to heaven. If that's you, I beg you, please, please, right now, let me pray for you. Would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me. Please pray for me. God bless you. Anybody else you say, please pray for me. I don't know for God bless you, sir. Anybody else you say, pray for me. I don't know for sure. God bless you, man. Anybody else you say, please pray for me. I don't know for sure if I die to go to heaven, but I want to know. I want to know and understand fully why Jesus went to that cross for me. I want to know that I'm on my way to heaven when I die. If that's you, would you raise your hand for me very quickly? I'm not going to take much longer. But if you say, please pray for add me to those that already raised their hand. Would you pray for me? Anybody else? I'm going to pray for those that raise their hand. Father, there's several that raise their hand. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning that they would find this out for sure, that they would have assurance, Lord, that they would know from the Word of God how you've promised them eternal life. Please. And may I ask those that raise your hand saying you know for sure, would you just say in your heart, dear God, help me. To tell others, help me to be a greater witness. Help me to be one that would spread the gospel to others. So that no one, no one would suffer that eternal hell. But also, Lord, that, that Jesus' death, the abuse that he suffered, that it would not go in vain for anyone. Let's all stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. And I just like to ask you if you've raised your hand and said, that's me. I don't know for sure I'd die to go to heaven. Please don't be embarrassed about this. But if you would, as soon as we start to play the piano, if you would, step out. Let someone take the, the Bible here uh, at the front. Or, let some, or they can come to you. And it, it, but, but if you would just come. And let someone take the word of God and show you how you can know for sure you're